Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists, it's Deborah. We made this episode in Wellington in February, well before the quarantine. Coronavirus was just being mentioned for the first time, and there's a passing reference to it in the show. We obviously had no idea uh, what an extraordinary change it was going to make in all of our lives. In the UK, we're on full lockdown now. Unless we have a key worker job, we are only allowed to leave the house once a day for an exercise walk and to get any necessary groceries or medications. We do recommend that wherever you are in the world, you stay indoors as much as possible and take the social distancing advice very, very, very seriously. We need to stop this virus as a globe. We need to pull together as a world. And this is a time when feminists can come together, lead that way. Don't be frightened to say to people, I need to stand further back from you. We need to take this seriously because the quicker we do it, the quicker it will be over. And more importantly, the fewer people will get very ill and die. Thank you so much, Guilty Feminists, for as always being a wonderful tribe, team and army. We're going to try and alternate between episodes that we make in quarantine, which we'll have to make with guests in different locations, and nights out, guilty feminist nights out. That's how we'll think of them. So you can, again, feel that roar of the crowd and that laughter of feminists everywhere congregating. So we hope you enjoy this episode very much. There is a piece that I wrote and read out in Wellington that feels extra prescient now. There's also a lot of talk about sex toys, which is, I mean, could be very useful in a quarantine when you have to keep a social distance and you can't hook up with people. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it very much. We started a Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody who's contributed. It means so much to us. I feel like my heart has broken and mended again by seeing your response. If you haven't given to the Patreon yet, but you'd like to have a look at it and see if you could, go to patreon.com forward slash guilty feminist. And if you can't afford to give this time, we really understand that. 
but maybe you could amplify it, share it on Twitter, recommend that other people do. Thank you so much for your continued support during this time. And now on with the podcast. I'm a feminist, but when my phone constantly autocorrects shows to shoes, I'm torn between being pissed off at the implication that a little lady like me couldn't possibly be talking about shows and going, oh, I do love shoes. (laughs) I'm a feminist. But last night, amazing folk singer who's on tour with us, Grace Petrie, and I went to a gay bar in Wellington. And it was full of queer teens singing group karaoke. Uh, It was an amazing bar called The Ivy, which we loved. Um, But due to the queer teens singing group karaoke, mostly they were singing Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. We were kind of worried to be in there because we were the only people there who weren't carded on the way in. And the barman said, oh, I just ID'd someone who's only been able to drink for eight days. I said, oh, we've been able to drink for three weeks. So I was so worried that we would look like predators that I said, we have to sit really far away from them, Grace, and just have our drink. But then we sat so suspiciously far away <laughs> and were trying not to, don't look at the, like, this is, no, we're in the wrong, but it was only the night. The Ivy is brilliant. We were just there on teenage karaoke night, I think. I didn't want them to think I was there trying to, you, you know. You weren't camouflage. You weren't like in a hide or anything, though, were you? You weren't like under a, like a ghillie's net. Like... <laughs> no, no, I was simply, I Observing was... from a safe distance. In hindsight, I shouldn't have brought the binoculars. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but this morning, when I went out for a run along Oriental Parade, I couldn't quite work out where I was supposed to run along the wharf, so I just followed a man. Oh! He was running too. It wasn't like he was just walking, and I got up close behind him, and I was like... (laughs) Did you go on the run of a man? No, he stopped running after about three minutes. I was like, oh, now where am I supposed to go? So I had to wear it out for myself. Wow. Turns out it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> you keep running down the incredibly straight bit of... No, there's all wharfy, any alley bits, and then you go down an oriental parade, and there's a lot of people who lack spatial awareness. Mm. I'm not two, sure... Two people walking, at one dog each, but they were in the middle when the dogs were taking up the rest of their life. I was like... I'm not sure they should call it oriental parade. I don't feel that's very culturally sensitive. Clearly, you should have a campaign to change that. I'm a feminist. We could call it, uh, we can't really explain it, parade. <laughs> why? Because it's so we know, we know, we know, parade. What about it? Why? Because it's so inyouty when you run on it. Like, wiggly parade sounds even worse. The wiggles were very big here. Um, oh, someone actually screamed for the wiggles. Mm. I remember talking to a mum on a plane years ago, and the new Wiggles DVD was about to come out, and she goes, There is no limit to what I would do to get that DVD early. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Wow. Didn't even care which wiggle. I thought you meant like when parents go wild at those Christmas sales and they climb over other parents to get the last toy. I didn't think you meant like... They climbed over the wiggles, is I think what she was inferring she would be quite happy to do. Offer a wiggle a sexual favour. Is that what she's saying? I think that's what we all got from it, wasn't it? I don't think the Wiggles do that. Do you think they're like Ken dolls and there's just... I, no, I don't 
think that, but I think more they'd sing a song about it. Do you know what I mean? I feel if I went home with a wiggle after a big night out and, you know, everyone pairs up and you think, oh, I'll just go home with this wiggle. When we got to the bedroom, they'd sing a song about consent. Like, or it would be like, guitar. toot toot, big red bra, something like that. <laughs> hot potato, hot potato. I don't know the songs, but... Why, why should we... Why should we not think that the Wiggles are sexual beings? Like, <laughs> they deserve bodily autonomy? There's I don't know how we listen, got here. I never know how we got here. Listening, if there are any Wiggles listening, I'm sure you are. Fantastic just, in bed. It just... <laughs> except for Jeff. Except, wake up, Jeff! <laughs> you could literally wind me up now by just making up songs... <laughs> And if the audience applauded, I'd be like, oh, that's another one. Mm. Big purple, purple turtle, r- roly-poly kettle. Um, th- this one, you know, um, toot toot, you'll be surprised what Murray's into. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for, everyone. I'm so sorry. I'm a feminist, but my favourite thing about the sisterhood is not actually fighting power structures together protesting together, coming together to amplify each other's voices. It is, in fact, being in the fitting rooms of a department store, endorsing each other's clothing choices (laughs) with so much love and admiration, and even more so, being enough of a sister to say, you can do better. (laughs) Today, I was in David Jones in Wellington, local reference, and... If you're listening internationally and you don't know, it is a department store. It is not a monkey. Um, Why would it be a monkey? What monkey is called David Jones? Monkey oh, most monkeys. I was like, oh, she's, monkey got, around. she's got a pet monkey called David Jones. That's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not, not a circus. I was listening to another podcast, not this one, I'm so sorry. Um, I was listening to another podcast today and it was, the host was talking to a zookeeper in a like San Francisco zoo or something and the zookeeper referred to the elephant's name and it made me really laugh because like here I know like in um, zoos take notice of like what's the heritage of the animal, like what's mm. the country it's from and they kind of try and find a name that's appropriate from its homeland and this zoo, they said what's the elephant's name and the zookeeper went Chuck. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know where Chuck's from. New Jersey, by the sound of things. New Jersey. New Jersey Chuck. Yeah, indeed. Sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, I and was your in monkey. David Jones, not one of the monkeys of the 1960s band, but in fact the department store. And I uh, tried on a number of dresses, and there was a lady in there, and she was trying on dresses for a wedding. And we were both giving each other consultation, kind of going, that is amazing on you, you have to have it. That is. Mm, and I, I went, ah. Uh, and she, it was a white dress. And I said, is that for the wedding? Because it wasn't her wedding. And she went, no, I would never wear white to a wedding. I just love white dresses. But it's mutton dressed up as lamb, isn't it? And I was like, oh, I can't say mutton dressed up as lamb because that is firstly ageist. But I, did, I didn't have time to go into it. So I just said, you can do better. In fact, I said, it's a bit bow peep. But she assured me, and she's not on commission. She's just buying a dress. She assured me that this dress, which is by a New Zealand designer called Kate Sylvester... 20% off at David Jones. Uh, she assured me this was the greatest dress I was ever going to find. Is it? Is it? I think it's... I'm really, really excited about it. And if you're listening, Kate Sylvester, I will be Instagramming the fuck out of it. And any other dresses you give me slash discount me. 
I am entirely dressed in New Zealand designers, actually, because these glasses, 90% of my career is now answering the question on Instagram, where did you get these glasses? And the answer is Trelise Cooper, last time I was in New Zealand. Mm. And Deborah means actual Trelise Cooper. She was wearing them at the time, and Deborah was like, I want those, and... I snatched them off her face. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. But I tag group. them constantly. Trelise Cooper's never been in touch to say thank you for constantly tagging us. Here's some more glasses. But I am sure that it's... That's not why I do it. I do it because people ask. However, I would accept new glasses. Um, well, that's funny you should be talking about wanting free stuff because I'm a feminist, but when I said on the Guilty Feminist podcast recently that I was obsessed with finding the perfect peg and oh that my I God. secretly hoped... Oh, my God, the peg again. People have been sending me photos of pegs. It's been amazing. Julia Gillard said she also wanted to find the perfect peg. I'm living in heaven. Are you going to DM Julia Gillard? She with... totally went, I'm obsessed with finding I the know, perfect peg as I well. Know, I'm, I know. I'm getting it as a tattoo. Um, right. When I said to the Guilty Feminist that I was obsessed with finding the perfect peg and I secretly hoped a peg company would send me some perfect pegs, a peg company is sending me some no! pegs! And I know that that is an abuse of my power and privilege, but I regret nothing. Wow. Stainless steel rainbow pegs. No, I... It sounds amazing. It sounds but... like it's not just for the washing, is what it sounds like. If you know what I mean. And I think the Wiggles do. Mm. <laughs> toot toot, you'd be surprised what Murray's into. You'd be really surprised. Jeff doesn't know it either, because he won't open his eyes. <laughs> I think there's a new show with you ad-libbing filthy Wiggles songs. <laughs> I'm into it. Much like Murray. I'm a feminist. But tonight backstage, our guest gave me uh, something called the Satisfier Pro 2 Next Generation. And if you don't know what that is, give it a quick Google. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, and I said to her, actually, funnily enough, Gina, my right-hand woman, gave me one of these for my birthday. And in my mind, it is, in fact, the answer to the question, it's 2020, where's my hoverboard? Because you will levitate if you use this. This is, this is not an ad. I was just giving one. This is absolutely not an ad. I, it, is a, it is an extraordinary thing. And it has sort of done away with the need for straight cis men, in a way. It's, it's, so, so what you're telling me is the Satisfier Pro 2 can get things down off high shelves for you as well. Yeah. Well, when I said this to my producer, Jeff, he said, when the Satisfier Pro 2 Next Generation can produce a tour, I'll get worried. <laughs> I said, well, the next one's coming with an attachment. So <laughs> I can't wait for the Satisfier Pro 3, which can book this stadium. Yeah. And co-host. <laughs> no, never. Oh, it's too quiet for that, I imagine. I don't know. It's not that quiet. Is it? Is it like, no, 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 no. It's got a bit of a black and darker quality to it, yeah. Is it? The, the black and darker Satisfier like a... Pro. It's a lot more like that. That's, that's it. That's what it's like. Yes. Actually, it's when it's on you. <laughs> Live from the TSB Arena in Wellington. The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White. 
Wright, guest co-host Carl Wilson, and our very special guest, Emily Wright, talking about fatigue. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming out. Seriously, though, when a few people tweeted, and I said to the producer, they keep saying, come to Wellington, every time we come to Auckland, please come to Wellington, please come to Christchurch. And uh, he was like, well, I don't know how many people are there, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, look, I really think it's getting rude. Because we've been to Auckland, I think, three times now. Yeah, yes, you've been counting. Yes, three times. Three times. Boo to Auckland, obviously. Not if you're in Auckland or from Auckland, though. What a lovely place. Um, yeah, and, and people kept saying, oh, well, why do you not come to Wellington? Have you got something against us? And the truth is, no. No, not at all. I found my biological family seven years ago and was surprised to find that they were New Zealanders because I am not. And my birth mother moved to New Zealand after she gave birth to me, as I think as a bit of a fresh start, went on a working holiday visa, Met a man, as you do, every time you go on holidays. You meet a man or a woman or a non-binary person who, you know, fills your heart with holiday romance. And then sometimes you stay there for the rest of your life and have three children. That's what happened in this case. And so I have three sisters from New Zealand, one of whom lives in Auckland. So I end up staying there. But everyone was saying, oh, come to Wellington, come to Wellington. And we did. And thank you so much because we have sold out this arena. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, Just give us a cheer if you're from Wellington. Give us a cheer if you're from not Wellington. Where are you from? Nelson. Nelson. I've no idea how far away that is. That could be 10 minutes. It could be five hours. Uh, Five hours. Thank you, Nelson. Anyone from anywhere else? England. Did you come especially for this? Because we perform in England a lot. Anyone come especially for this? Italy. Italy. You did not come from Italy for this gig. If you did, you have really disappointed Greta Thunberg. Don't worry, she's not our guest. We won't tell her. Uh, That's not the attitude, Deborah. That's not the attitude. That's not the attitude at all. We must always be thinking Greta when we do everything. But I know that you haven't come from Italy for this. I'm delighted that you made it part of the trip. Maybe you put the dates in because of this, but I'm sure that you had another reason for coming to Wellington. Did you? Yes. Yes. Anyone from anywhere else? Where? Lisbon. Did you come for this? I'm trying to find people in New Zealand. Oh. Gisborne. I can see why you left. And, uh, and ran towards feminism. I don't really believe you come from Gisborne. Next, next minute someone's going to go, yeah, I'll drive all the way from Dukpuk. No, you're winding me up, Wellington. You are winding me up. Is there anyone from a place in New Zealand that's far away that came especially for this gig just for the night? Where? Wangaratta. That's Australia, I'm fairly sure. Where did you come from? Linton Military Camp. 
Clinton military camp. Do they know you're here? No. Are you allowed out just at will? Like, what's the deal with that? You're a soldier up in the army. It's where you should be if you're a soldier. It's, it would be less good to be a soldier in Bunnings or McDonald's. So that's good. So that's, first of all, good. Soldier in the army, and you're an hour away. And do you listen to the Guilty Feminist? Do, do lots of soldiers listen to the Guilty Feminist? incredible is it okay and I really don't want to pressure you to say that into the mic again I just don't want to really summarize it normally I just summarize things but do you, are you cool to say that okay so I'm just what's your name Sorry. Tony just one second so I'm a trans man I find that part of when you transition is you do lose a bit of connection with women because once you start being perceived as a male things change so listening to the guilty feminist gives me a little bit of that conversation and that connection back <laughs> You. That's, that's really lovely, Tony, and I really appreciate that. And I hope you share the podcast with other soldiers and spread the word of feminism. Do you ever play it loudly so they have to listen in? <laughs> you've done it in the car when you've been traveling between different camps, and how has that gone down? All right. Have they liked it? Have they laughed? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I'm going to make more New Zealand soldier-specific jokes for you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You slide into my DMs on Instagram, and you tell me some material to say. I'll then slide back and go, it's this week, it's dropping. You just play it around the barracks, or I don't know where you hang out. Just when your people are doing push-ups, I don't know what they do. Saluting, people, someone saluting, you put it on. I don't know, this is what I imagine soldiers do. I don't know, I've only seen Private Benjamin. I've got not a lot of <laughs> references. And you just play it, and then there's just like, we're just kind of dropping in little jokes that they're like, what, what? And I could even drop in like the name of one of your bosses. I don't know, what's, what do you call your boss? Captain, Major, Sarge. What's your rank, Tony? Like a private. Like a private, but it's called a zapper. Zapper. Is that a thing? Zapper. <laughs> oh, but obviously it is. You're telling me it's a thing. Okay. Sapper. S-A-P-P-E-R. Oh, okay. But are you going to work your way up? Okay. Excellent. Well, also, can you be only a nice soldier? Don't hurt anyone. I know you work for New Zealand, so that's mostly just Peace Corps stuff, I imagine. I don't know. I don't know that New Zealand's a massive aggressor on the world stage. So... Godspeed to you, Tony. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get letters about the military, about the military. But Tony, it really harms me that people of minority genders feel included in this space, and we need to keep including because it's a very particular time for trans people internationally. And it, trans people have always been with us. Trans people will always be with us. And we do not want to go back to this age of 1980s fear of, oh, there was a lesbian in the dressing room at the gym. What does that mean for me? It means nothing for you. It means nothing for you. If there is a predator of any gender in any space, then that is a predator. But the vast majority of predators are obviously not 
transgender people. So let's worry about predators and let's take their gender out of it in the same way that we take their race out of it if we are liberal people. And especially it is time for the queer community to absolutely stand together and link arms against all forms of bigotry, but especially, especially unto the community. Very important. And next time I drop by, so you don't have to drive, Tony, I might stop by the barracks and do a quick show. <laughs> could you, you could guest on it. You could guest on it, Tony. Could we come and do a show at the... Is it barracks? What's it called? Base. Can we do a show at the base? Have you got a... a I like, could be like Bob Hope. <laughs> have, you got a, have you got a venue? You've got a centre. How big is it? Third of the size. That'll do me. This is huge. This is fucking 2,000 seats. I don't need this. What... <laughs> What were you, are you up there too, did you say? Is there someone else from the barracks in? Someone there from the base? Uh, you're all about the base. <laughs> about the base, about the base, no treble. Just to be clear at the top, we're not talking about chronic fatigue. That is another topic. We're just talking about tiredness in general, that we can feel tired as feminists, tired as women and people of minority genders, and tired as just human beings. I've, I've done the wrong thing. I've just been doing army fatigue material. Just, it's just all about... We've got Tony, Tony in the audience. Tony will be an audience. You'd think he'd be an audience of one, but there's some barracks people right at the back. And the reason they're called barracks... official title? Yeah, they, the reason they're called barracks people is they barrack. Watch this. Hey, barracks people. They barrack. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about this. Um, I'm, I'm just perplexed. I did a gig uh, recently, and it was for some naval people. I mean, we've all got them, but with, there were some... Navy. Some Navy people. And In I, the Navy. I couldn't remember what you call the lowest... Like, like, I know the Army. I don't know what the lowest rank of the Navy was, and so I asked a man if he was a sea private. <laughs> what, is sea, what is a sea private, Tony? Do you know? A seaman. Mm, I like sea private oh, better. We're back to Gisborne. <laughs> and if you are from Gisborne, I'm not mocking your name. I don't... As far as I know now, there is a place in New Zealand called Gisborne. There's a lot of local pride. And it's not funny, so... There's a, I don't know whether you can put this in the podcast or not, uh, but there's Probably a, not. If, you a, say, if you're questioning it, pal, you say so much over-the-line stuff. If you're questioning it, the answer's a mm, dead no. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, like a college in Australia that's called Chisholm. The college, so as in C-H-I-S-O-L-M, oh, yeah. I think is how you pronounce Chism. it. But for some reason, <laughs> their radio ad was Ch-Ch-Choose Chisholm. And after a while, it just sounded like they were just yelling at Ch-Ch-Choose Chisholm. And are they a private school? I don't know. I've never been game to go and find out what they are. Because I know what they're like. Anyway. Yeah, so do you suffer from fatigue? Oh, so much. I wonder what I'm like when I'm not tired. Mm. You know, like, okay, so just by noise, who here is not tired? See, there's like That's... four million people here, mm. and there's about seven really smug, perky people who are like, mm, we get nine and a half hours. They all sounded 17. They did, they did. 
I had a conversation, we were on a road trip last year with some comedians going around Australia and I was talking about my first job in TV and I said my first job in TV was uh, 1995 and one of the comedians in the back goes, I was born in 1995 <laughs> and all I could say was, I'm so tired, I'm just so <laughs> tired. I'm not really interested in hearing about people born in 1995. I know you're out there and I'm delighted you are and you are absolutely the next generation. You're saving us. You're incredible. We want to work with you and be guided by you. And also, please don't tell me you were born in 1995. Um, I think that's reasonable, isn't it? Yeah, I think... Who we, when were you born? 2001. 2001. Please. The crowd's turning on you. So you don't remember the 20th century at all. You don't even have... There's not even a picture of you in the 20th century. 2003! My God, this is like a weird auction. No. (laughs) Do we have any advances on 2003? 2018! Where? 2007! Are you allowed in the building? (laughs) Hey, hello, 2007. So that's... Are you 13? Is that correct? Almost. 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 (laughs) I'm loving that you're a feminist before you're a teenager. I want to give you something. Uh, Nothing that I've got here is appropriate. Nothing is appropriate here. No, there's something that's super inappropriate (laughs) that we might talk about later. Oh, now we know there's someone who's 12 in. We might not be able to. Can you pretend as a... Is it? Well, you're saying that Well, you don't know what it is. Okay, you listen to the podcast. Okay, so you already know too much. Yeah, I see. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a feminist. And I don't know, at 12, I wouldn't have known what a feminist was. I certainly wasn't one. I don't know. know. Was it some kind of lizard I would have been like? What's a feminist? (laughs) Well, I certainly would have... I did care when boys were treated differently from girls, but I didn't have the tools or the language. And I think it's so wonderful that these kids are growing up with this and Mm. a, you know, a working understanding. I mean, not just... I don't mean... It's so great children are growing up with my podcast. I don't mean that. But I mean... (laughs) In a world where there's access to and there's discussion about and, you know, that we can find each other. Because when I was a child, everything that I was taught was by the four grown-ups in my life, which was my parents and two teachers. And then that was sort of it, you know. And if you had ideas outside of that and you pushed back on things, you were told, no, that's wrong. But now children have access to every piece of information in the world. Some of those pieces of information are wrong. But it's amazing. I'm so thrilled. What's your name? Eve. Neve. 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 It's a beautiful name, and Neve, I'm so thrilled. Did the Prime Minister name her daughter after you? Are you ready for some stand-up comedy? Then please welcome to the stage the incredible Cal Wilson! Tonight, we're talking about fatigue, and I was thinking about, like, I'm just tired all the time, but I've been tireder than I am now, and I was thinking, all the times that I've been exhausted, nothing's been more exhausting than having my baby. When I say my baby, he's 10. Um, (laughs) No one had prepared me for how tired I would be after he was born. Like, people said all sorts of things, oh, you know, you'll feel this incredible love, and, uh, you know, it's quite hard sometimes, but no one mentioned how tired I was. This is how tired I was when I had my son. He was about eight weeks old. And I was up, it was 5.30 in the morning, and he'd woken me up, and I was holding him in my arms, just looking at him, going, I didn't know there was a 5.30 at this end of the day. (laughs) 
Like, I just thought there was one before dinner, but it turns out there's two. And I was just looking at this, but I was so tired. We'd been up for about an hour, and he was grizzling, and I was grizzling. And I was just so shattered and just so tired that my husband walked into the living room, and I went like this. Like, sort of polite, but distant. Because just for a minute, I couldn't place him. I was literally like, now where have I seen him before? Was it at the doctor's? Like, and, like, I looked at that, and he knew. Like, he went, you couldn't remember who I was just for a second. I was like, no idea. Just had no idea at all. Just so tired. And the tiredness went on as my son got older, and I went back to work when he was eight weeks old, because I was working on the radio. I knew that radio money was going to run out, and I had to get as much radio money as I could, because um, there was no paid maternity leave or anything like that. And so my husband stayed home and looked after the baby. And so my most precious possession became my breast pump, because I would go and work on the radio station. And if you were listening in Melbourne in 2009, in between the song, well, while the songs were playing, I would have my breast pump on in the studio. And so it would be like, and coming up, it's Katy Perry, I kissed a girl. And then in the studio, just hear, wah, 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 wah. And I had a lovely co-host who wasn't phased at all because he had a baby as well at the same time. So I just use, I always felt like I was um, doing something terrible to an air horn. Like it just... <laughs> In the radio studio, it was the least glamorous thing that had ever happened, but the breast pump became the most important possible thing because I was expressing milk for my son because I had a whole lot of ridiculous mother guilt about being away from him. And so it was like, oh, where's the breast pump? It was like it had gone from being, oh, my laptop was most important. Where's the breast pump? Is the breast pump all right? And uh, this liquid elixir that took me ages to make was like the most important thing. And I was driving home from the radio one day and my husband rang and he was in tears and he started the phone call with this sentence which was not a good idea. He started like this, something terrible has happened. <laughs> and I drove up onto the footpath and stopped the car. I went, what, what? Thinking that he was about to say, we don't have a child anymore. And he goes, I'm so sorry, but I knocked a bottle of breast milk over and it's all gone. <laughs> and we both cried. We sat there and we cried. And then I started to laugh because we were both literally crying over spilt milk. <laughs> And then when someone was five months old, I, took a, I had a job on TV as well, and so I was doing the radio, and I was going to TV, and I got more and more exhausted, and I was getting up early in the morning and doing the TV, and I arrived at the TV studio in the afternoon where I was supposed to record the show that I was hosting, and I suddenly realised that I hadn't bought any bottles with me. I had the breast pump, but I didn't have the bottles. And so I started to have this meltdown in the corridor because I was so exhausted, I couldn't figure out what I should do. And our two producers, Bruce and Anthony saw me in the corridor kind of like and they went what's wrong and I went I, just, I, haven't, I haven't got any bottles and I haven't got a, 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 no sterilised bottles I can't pump milk for the baby and they went what brand is it and they went Medela and they went stay there and they sent the runner around to a chemist shop to buy a microwave steriliser and every different brand of bottle just in case they got it wrong and it was the kindest thing like to this day 10 years later every time I see Bruce I go you don't know what that meant to me you don't know it meant my boobs didn't explode was what it meant to me <laughs> And it was such a kindness that they did for me. And I was able to express the milk and record the show. And it was really great. And I hold that as a really beautiful thing that happened when my son was five months old. And then about six years later, I ran into the cameraman who worked on that show. And he was like, we were catching up. How are you? Are we good? And he goes, oh, did you know that we had a bottle of your breast milk in the freezer at the TV studio for about six years? 
I went, no, no, I did not know that. And he goes, yeah, it was in the fridge for a while. We figured you left it, and then we put it in the freezer, and then it was just there. And it was a really weirdly vulnerable thing to know that something I had made out of my front was now in a freezer, and then when other people had got their frozen pies out, or like a popsicle, that they were like, oh, Cal Wilson made that. Just so weird. And so I went, oh, what did you do with it? He goes, oh, we threw it out in the end, because we figured he's six, probably doesn't need it anymore. glad that they threw it out because it just gave me this this horrible image of like a rabid little comedy fan somewhere if they put it on ebay someone like nom, 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 nom. left us on a weird image didn't i that uh, also my husband <laughs> i discovered you have to be kind of nice about breast milk my husband didn't like me calling it liquid cannibalism um he found it upsetting. He found it quite upsetting. I've done a lot of things that he hasn't liked, but he was still married. It's nice. He's too tired to divorce me. Um, that is all I've got. Thank you very much. Okay, this is not stand-up. This is a stream of consciousness I wrote when tired and jet-lagged and fatigued this afternoon. Okay, are you ready? I think, I think what fatigues me... <laughs> I think, therefore, I ant. <laughs> I think what fatigues me most of all is pretending to be sane, pretending to be normal, being chill when I want to say, do you like me? Am I annoying? Am I getting this right? Am I correctly being a person? <laughs> do other people feel more seen and connected to the world than me? I can't get out of my brain and into yours. I'm stuck in this one body being seen the same way with the same human experience forever. It feels like we should all be able to quantum leap into other people's bodies when we want to with consent, hashtag consent. Because <laughs> that would build empathy faster than anything else, wouldn't it? if we could walk around looking through someone else's eyes in someone else's body. I sometimes get tired thinking that I'll only ever have this one human experience and then feel greedy because I know it's the smallest of ejaculating statistical likelihoods that any of us are here at all. <laughs> Unless you're from Gisborne. <laughs> one second later, if that ejaculation had happened one second later, I'd be someone else entirely. A boy or a non-binary person, for example, with a love of science and a talent for breakdancing and a taste for hot sauce and a fear of flying. In other words, a whole other person would be, and I'd be no one and nowhere. I'm also aware that of all the people who have ever lived and all the people who are alive now, I live in a blip in time and geography that means my experience of life is one of choice and convenience and luxury and most of it will be spent sitting down on something soft. I will go to a gym and run on an electric machine that burns fossil fuels because my life is literally too easy for my heart to cope with. This is a new phenomenon that won't last long because three generations have fucked it up for the next hundred generations. I feel tired thinking about the guilt of that. The guilt that I've not yet signed all the Amnesty International petitions I've shared. 
that I've not written to my MP enough this year, that I'm worried about the minutiae, the tiny details and mini dissatisfactions of my own random little lucky life, more than about the huge, hefty, urgent issues for all those struggling for life in many different ways around the world. Nothing in my life is urgent. And yet, like my phone, my own life is always right in front of me, distracting me. I scroll through it. The battery never dies on my life, though. Obviously, one day it will. But until then, I can't leave it at home or lock it in a locker when I do yoga. It's always there. The self-destructive behaviors, the stupid obsessions, the thoughts I get stuck on, the looking at pictures of myself from five years ago and comparing myself to myself to myself to myself, the striving for the dress that really will change my life this time, the fear I've done it all wrong and if I had my time over again, I could run a perfect race. The exhaustion I'd feel if someone said, you can start from day one of birth, or 12 years old, just reboot, or 21. The knowledge that I'd nail being 21 now, with my superior knowledge of how the world works, and how my body works, and what sex is, and how I'd have to only sleep with 40-year-olds, because I couldn't sleep with 21-year-olds, because I'd be rebooted, but I'd have everything I know. <laughs> and how creepy that'd be for the 40-year-olds I tried to hit on and how it might mostly limit me to cis men, the ones who appear to have no conscience. Not all men. And what shame that'd be for rebooted 21-year-old me. I'm tired because I do too many jobs and was up half the night writing a script while fighting jet lag and getting up at the wrong time today to prepare this, knowing I'm only in Wellington for two nights and I'm off to Auckland tomorrow for not many more. I'm tired of being on the road as much as I'm thrilled by it, just as I get tired of staying in one place as much as I'm comforted by being at home. I'm tired of fighting the power structures and I'm tired of feeling like I'm too tired to fight them well. I'm tired, but I'm also glad to be tired because being rested and purposeless sounds dull. Being wide awake and content with everything how it is sounds awful. Being chilled out and bored is my alternative. I know now I'll die tired knowing there was more to do. I'll definitely die with a full inbox. And I'm okay with that because tired means resistance. Tired means effort. Tired means purpose. Tired means feminism. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Our guest today is a writer, activist, volunteer, and mother of two. Her best-selling book, Rants in the Dark, has been made into a play, 
which toured New Zealand last year. Her second book, Is It Bedtime Yet?, was published in 2018. She is the editor of The Spin-Off Parents and is a columnist and sex toy enthusiast. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Emily Wright! Take a seat, Emily writes. I'm, uh, so, I'm so excited about this. I just love your writing, Emily. It's so fantastic. I'm thrilled that we are sharing a stage together. Oh, wow. <laughs> Emily, just to give our global listeners, because clearly in New Zealand you're some kind of heroic superstar. <laughs> just to give our global listeners some sense of your work, would you like to read a little bit of your book so that they can get a context? And would you like to do it at the microphone or sitting down? Um, I I did ask her before she's looking at like I've sprung this on her I did say is this okay well I know but when you're sitting in there it doesn't look as big as when it's out here and like they love you Emily they love you you could lose your place four times and then just say oh fuck this and fall off the chair and they'd love you there's nothing you could do Emily that wouldn't thank you in fact they're going to be disappointed if you don't do that now because that sounds fun Oh, thank you very much. Okay, I'm just going to read. When Deborah said to read something about sleep, I thought, oh, that's fairly easy because my entire, both of my books are about sleep and not sleeping. And um, We we didn't book you coincidentally. Yeah. We put the topic around you, Emily writes. (laughs) Okay. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we booked you Um, and then thought, what's a good topic for Emily writes? Oh, Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Pressure's on now, Emily writes. Pressure's on now. Do you want me it's to not... do a couple of, like a Wiggles medley while you're finding that? No, yes. don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm just really feeling a lot about sexually with the Wiggles. I can't deal with that right now. When I'm... Um, Could so... you make up a song about the Satisfier Pro 2? I just need a masturbate without thinking about the Wiggles. That's important <laughs> to me. That's part of my values as a feminist that part I don't... Part of your value set is masturbation yeah, songs I Wiggles. Yeah, I just like... I, you know, Fireman Sam, obviously, but not, not the I Wiggles. Think, I think you do reach a certain point where you're watching the cartoons with your kids. There was an engineer on Chuggington, and I was like, he's quite hot. He was a yeah. cartoon. He was yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, I I'm mean, like, well, that's Fireman when you need Sam to get, is, yeah. you need to book yeah. in a babysitter at that point, because you have not left the house for too long. Yeah. If you're fancying fucking Postman Pat... He's well, he, not a hot man. Well, he's, not he's, Postman Pat, but no. Fireman Sam. If you imagine him as the guy from Outlander with a dark past. What, Tobias? Yeah, like with a dark past and he comes in and he's like... The, the bad guy on Outlander. Your house is on fire. That's, gonna, that's a really... I'm going to put it that's out. A, he's a really good friend of mine, Tobias Menzies. Yeah, oh, very okay, old then. friend. <laughs> Fuck. Really, really old friend. All right. Um, he's my friend too. <laughs> I'll pass We're that really on. close. I'll pass that on. He yeah. doesn't know how close we are. No, okay. We are super okay. fucking close. All okay. right. Um, this is so not where I thought this was going to go. 
I'll text him now. What, mothers can't have sexualities now? Is that what? That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. I'm a feminist, but I believe mothers have no sexuality. Yeah, that's, I've often said it behind closed doors. I'm probably going to get cancelled tonight for these You're outrageous views. You're in my views. inbox right now, basically. That's most of my inboxes. I'm in oh, your sorry. inbox. Did you, you, most of you my inboxes are people insisting. Did you insisting. write something controversial today? Oh, do I write? I don't write anything controversial. You but could. it was a little bit controversial. And so I've been avoiding my inbox a little bit. Was it the whole Postman Pat is hotter than Fireman Sam? It, I would never say Postman Pat is hotter than no, Fireman Sam. No, she's clearly saying I'm Fireman team Sam. Fireman Sam. If Fireman Sam were played by Tobias Menzies, he would mm. be hotter than anybody, much less Postman Pat, is her conjecture. To be right. fair, I also like Tom Thomas from Fireman Sam, so it's not only oh, Fireman Sam. I don't know Sam, Tom Thomas. Are you up for a Fireman Sam threesome? <laughs> is that what you're saying? I we spend a lot of time watching Fireman Sam. And it's a lot of... Very lonely. Section. There's yeah. a lot of strange content in this show. We haven't, even, we haven't even talked about Bob the Builder. Oh. Bob the Builder, can, can I he... touch it? No. 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 I'm going to put out a whole album. <laughs> Do I still have to read? Yes, or yes please. <laughs> we would love that. Okay, okay. run. Um... So, uh, but when I looked at this to read, I realised it's exactly five years ago that I wrote this because I just had my son's first school visit today. Um, and this is about him trying to get him to sleep because he was a fucking asshole. And, um, and a lot of people said, you know, you just need a routine, you just need a routine or you just need to do this and then this and then this. And, and so this piece is kind of about all the advice that you get. And I realised I was actually really good at putting kids to sleep and I wanted to share that. Um, so this is how to put a child to sleep. It's quite a lot. It's about a 3,000 word essay, but I'm just going to read the little bit for you. So once they're in the cot, hold your hand above them and kiss their forehead, but not with too much affection. Kind of like if it was someone else's child and they went to kiss you on the lips, but you knew they had a vomiting bug a few days before. So you kind of dodge them while still letting them kiss you. That's how you need to kiss your baby. Take a step to the right, put your hands on your hips and pull your knees in tight. If they wake, pick them up, then put them down, then 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 pick them up then put them down. Wait, if you could do that, that means that you put them down again when you should have kept them up again. You've got to start over now. Pick them up, put them down, then pick them up, then put them down, then pick them up. Do this for around 72 hours. <laughs> if your baby still isn't sleeping, it's likely that they're overstimulated. Remove all furniture, including their cot from your house. Put, put in white carpet, put white padding on the walls. Doesn't that look better? Don't you feel better? Sit in the corner and rock in peace. Doesn't it feel good? Place baby in the centre of a pentagram and finish sacrificing your goat to the sleep gods. Baby is also understimulated. You need to get them in the sweet spot where they're just stimulated. Pop up and down from behind the cot. If this terrifies baby, you've overstimulated them. If they don't scream, you've understimulated them. 
rocking and shushing can help. So rock your baby for around 22 hours. <laughs> then shush your baby. Then try to shush every six seconds. If you shush every seven seconds, then you have to repeat the process over again for around eight months. Put them down awake. <laughs> but they need to be a little bit asleep when you put them down awake. Babies should have one eye open and one eye closed and one eye kind of half open, half closed, like something's really wrong and now you're worried. Oh God, this is terrible. What's going on? Thank you. That was absolutely incredible, Emily. Is there no fatigue like that of being a mother or a father or a parent of a baby that won't sleep? Um, yeah, I don't know, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> like, it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Like, it's, I, it's, it's, extra like, it's extraordinary to me how much you can love this little being and how angry you can be at being awake. Mm. So, like... I loved my baby, so I, I still love him. I'm, he's a good guy. Um, but, like, just how you do anything for this little person, but at the same time, why are we awake? Like, it is... Yeah. And, and also, like, when we had our son, my thought was, I work really hard for short bursts of time. So I'd do, like, a show for, like, three months, and for three months, it's just indescribably tough, and every moment of my day is taken up with the show, and then I'm like, but in three months, I can have a break. And then when my son came along, it was like, but I can't have a break and for 18 years. Yeah. Like, it just, mm. it just stretches into... And every... The thing that you realise as you go along that is that every phase changes and you're not stuck in that phase forever, but at that time, it feels like forever. Mm -hmm. It feels like the only thing that you can focus on when you're in it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else. Like, sometimes when I'm doing readings of a book that is now five years old, I'm just like, who wrote this? And <laughs> I don't remember because I've blacked out of three years of my life. <laughs> But I was talking to a mum the other day, I was at the playground with my boy and we were talking to a bunch of mums and only one of them had like a new baby and another baby and we were talking about the terrible coronavirus ship and stuff and she goes, oh, they must be getting so much sleep. <laughs> and I thought, you oh, are like wow. fucked if you're like, I want to be on the corona cruise. Oh, wow. Because that sounds chill. Wow. <laughs> Think of the sleep. They're yeah, separated so from their sleep. children. Oh, yeah. dear. I used to want just, like, a little bit of a car crash, like, just enough to be, like, asleep in the hospital and have a break from my kids, mm. but not, like, long-term damage, just, like, a bit of damage. Wow. I remember a friend saying to me they had three little kids who were all under five, and he was so exhausted, and he goes, one day I thought, I'm going to call in sick from work, and I'm just going to get a hotel room and I'm just going to sleep until it's time to come home and then he goes but I couldn't do it to my wife I couldn't look her in the face and know that I had slept all day and that she had had no sleep and it was just like such a grim thing like I've sleep cheated on you <laughs> I know people who take turns to do that I know people who say okay you've got this one I'm going out I'm going to get a good night's sleep somewhere else and I'll do the same for you. And I think we are in a little bit of a space now where the nuclear family, which is quite a new idea, actually, because it used to be that... Uh, the reason people say it takes a village is it used to be children were born into an extended family and there were people all living... You know, lots of people lived in the one house and people lived over the fence and children were raised by a bunch of grown-ups. This idea that two grown-ups can supervise two children or three or more children 
and they have to do absolutely everything and they have to do everything perfectly and they have to do everything while making sure the children are, you know can play grade one clarinet by the time they're four it it's absolutely absurd and we're pushing ourselves in a way beyond our limit I remember dropping off my oldest boy to kindy and the kindy teacher saying oh, Emily why don't you bring in Ronnie my youngest um bring him in and then you just sit on the couch and we'll look after both of the boys. Just sit on the couch and just have a little break for a little bit. And I said, I'm just worried if I sit down, I'll fall asleep. And they were like, we'll wake you up. I slept for six hours in a kindy. Oh, wow. In a kindy? (laughs) Yeah. And after that, they were like, do you think that he should just come to kindy just like two days a week? And I was like, he's too young, take him away. (laughs) Wow. That's so. fatigue, though, to be able to sleep in a kindy, because kindies are not restful Oh, I can zones. sleep, like, even now, if you said to me, Emily, you can have a nap right now, I could fall asleep sitting up, holding Here, this microphone. on stage, do you on think? On stage, I'm so fast. Like, my husband will say to me, do you want a nap? And before he's finished talking, I'm on the floor, like, just... Wow. Speaking I, of fast, yeah. you recommended this. <laughs> now... What is your association with sex toys exactly? Because I didn't read... When it said uh, sex toy enthusiast on your bike, I thought that's a joke. Like, yes, you're into them, but I didn't understand you actually would bring one and maybe have a shop. Yeah, so I just, you know, like those terrible people about, like, CrossFit and Game of Thrones. I'm like that, but with sex toys. So when I meet anybody, I'm just like, have you tried the Satisfy Pro? It's a combination thing of... I saw on Instagram a friend of mine posted a picture and you know how people show like round the bays photo or like marathon photos like it looked like she'd just run a triathlon and she was like I'm so happy and but it wasn't it was a satisfy pro. She put a picture and of herself saying yeah she was like this wow, is the, am, I've reached so seven. She, I she am had, satisfied and now feel like yeah. a professional. And but. she was a relatively like reserved person so it's like well I have to try this obviously. And so I ordered it, and it came, like, overnight. Oh, and I was like, that's what it's supposed to help yeah. you with as well. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, fast. that's such so speedy delivery. And then, um, and then it took me ages before I was away from the kids to use it. And then after that, it's just kind of like, I just saw God. And... Um, <laughs> Just, well, that's it what changed I my life. I was like, I didn't think I could love like this. It's a miracle, isn't it? It is yeah, nothing. It's, it's just like nothing really else. Really incredible. Like I've sometimes people are like, but it's just too quick, and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want this even mean. Like, you know, you got to yeah. Yeah, because you need it to be speedy. Because you've, you've got, got to rub one out before you drop the kids at school. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. So, do you want to hear it? Because it's fully charged now. All right, so this is the lowest setting. So when you turn it on, it's on a very low setting. Okay, and every time you turn it up, you just keep pressing the up button. If you can. Oh, it's starting to sound like a whale now. Can you hear that? That was remarkably close to the noise I was making before, just I'd point out. That is doing some serious action. Can you feel it? My hand feels great. (laughs) It's, yeah. If you had a clitoris on your pinky, which, by the way, would be convenient. Um, 
<laughs> Isn't that? What is? She always seems to be picking her teeth. I don't know what she's doing. Dubs, if you form a seal like this, forms a seal yeah. with your clitoris inside. Yeah. Then it shouldn't make any noise. It should form a seal that's so strong that when you pop it off, it's like. That, is that why it doesn't make any noise when it's yeah, on you? When you're using it. Right, okay. But here's the thing. Someone knocks on the door and you go, oh, yes, come here, come here. And it takes a while to turn it off. And so it goes from being completely silent to someone knocks on the door and it's like, bzzz. And you're there like pressing and pressing and pressing the thing, going, yeah, 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 I'll be there in a minute, I'll be there in a minute, I'll be there in a minute. Why don't you just pretend well, to be not at home? Yeah. And you will be there in a minute, so... <laughs> It's the Satisfier Pro. It doesn't take that long. Do you... I mean, genuinely, it sounds like we're doing some kind of ad for the... I, no, I swear, well, I mean, someone I, just gave is, me one and... And I don't get any kind of weird commission from it. It's I just weird that I commission. have a... Well, Why you know, like, I don't know, the whole influencer thing, mm. I get it a lot of, like, you know, wear this and say that, you know, and I don't know. Like, you must get that as well. People give you free stuff and... I and get I pigs. Have a, I get pigs. Yeah, yes. well, pigs, yeah. Yeah. I mean, See, is I this who we are? See, I get equipment. <laughs> So, pegging equipment. I think, I, think might, I think there might be another episode. Another episode. Okay, if we come back, Emily, would you... We'll do a late-night lock-in one. We'll say it's an R-rated one. We'll say... Oh, we'll can say we call it. it The Filthy Feminist? <laughs> would you come to that, Wellington, if we did a... So sorry. It would have to be one that you have to be born after, n say uh, after Neve. You have to be no before Neve. No, no, you, no. Can't. you have to be born. Let's not bring Neve into it. Let's say to, I don't want her sullied. Uh, if you have to be 18 or maybe 16 to come, because you could certainly. But isn't it a good like just to not be awkward about this but isn't it a good thing if young women were I this was my the first sex tie I got at 30 what and yeah and I I mean I just and you've kind become of, evangelical I meet, uh, yeah I have and I've met this is my cult um but I've <laughs> met like a lot of mums saying to me I've actually bought it for my daughter because they want their daughters to be able to discover their bodies there's something that's about using these toys thing. where you yeah. have to actually see that's where your a, clitoris that's is that's such a good thing and that's, yeah. that, you're right though, like, when I had my um, sexuality education at high school, it was ridiculous. We had a, our social studies teacher was embarrassed about it, so we put it off to the end of the year. We spent the first day doing the title page. <laughs> the second day, he gave us the male and female roadmaps, which was just a line. Roadmaps? Roadmaps, he called them roadmaps, and we had to fill in the names that we knew, and then he goes, take them home and ask your parents if you got it right. And then the third day was out well, so of... to mark up clitoris and vulva and stuff. I don't think we had... We, we, we weren't that fancy, Deborah. <laughs> what, just for Jean and Peen? For Jean and Peen. <laughs> that, that sounds like a horrible cabaret act, doesn't it? <laughs> for Jean and Peen, sing the songs of the Wiggles. Um, <laughs> we were never... They never talked about pleasure. They never talked to us about that it was something that we would mm. enjoy our own bodies... Like, I never, never occurred to me as a teenage girl that my body was for my interest and my pleasure. Mm. So, no, I mean, I get a fair bit of trolling like any woman online or in public or existing. Um, <laughs> but um, 
the, a lot of the most aggressive stuff is when I talk about wanting to bang Alexander Skarsgård like barn door or, you know, like use a sex toy or, you know, any one of those things. And a lot of it is to do with this idea that it's really offensive to talk about um, having sexual desires that aren't in service to men, mm. like having sexual desires that are just for you and wanting to just pleasure yourself and have this healthy sexuality that isn't around serving men. And I really think that is awkward and as uncomfortable as I, I'm generally that person, I'm quite an awkward, uncomfortable person, but I talk about sex toys and stuff like that because I do think it's actually really important to say you should, I didn't know this stuff growing up, I grew up in a deeply religious background and I didn't know where my clitoris was, I didn't, yeah. High five for but sisters who some, didn't know where their clitorises yeah, were because yeah. we were too and busy. I, think, I spent my, all my teenage years on my knees and not in a good way. Yeah, we called it the devil's doorbell. It was like, you never ring it. <laughs> the <devil's laughs> Never ring that. They yeah, do yeah. really. That sounds yeah, like the devil's, movie. I was the evangelical Christian. So the like devil's doorbell. The devil's well, doorbell and you John. never ring it. And, you know, would... and now it never stops ringing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate... Ringer for the Devil's Doorbell. What a great name for a bar, though. The Devil's Doorbell. Like, oh, that's a great name for a bar. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't find it, but... <laughs> no, a lot of men wouldn't find it. <laughs> it's definitely a lesbian bar. <laughs> Just bringing this back to our topic of fatigue. I'm very tired from <laughs> yeah. No, but oh, it is an amazing way, if you are insomniac, to get yourself to sleep. The gentle uh, purr of the Satisfier Pro 2. <laughs> I think it's one way to keep yourself really healthy, to feel sexually rounded. And it's, what I'm saying is, you may have previously, I know some people with clitorises find it hard to arrive. Uh, that's, <laughs> does, does having a clitoris make you prone to procrastination? <laughs> this is... I'll be there in a minute. What I'm saying is... Listen, I've never had a problem with this. I come early and often, but I know a lot of people really, really do. And I truly believe that if you are someone you think, oh, I've only got 10 minutes, the Satisfier Pro... <laughs> Seriously, you, please write in if you don't get there and tell write me if in. I'm wrong. Write it suddenly you've got all... Well, I'm sorry, no, I don't couldn't... do that because people write in to me and they're like, it didn't work for me. What is going on? And I'm like, I can't come over and do it for you. <laughs> I did my best. I told you, that but I think selfish, that, Emily. I'm like, what I'm is very busy? What, if, what is feminism for? Is that why you wear a t-shirt that says nope? Because people keep saying, "Can you come over and show me how to use the suction?" But I think what you were talking about in mm. terms of there is actually some evidence in studies that neural pathways towards orgasm open up the more that you have an orgasm. Part of the reason why I didn't just stop after the first review where I said, Satisfier Pro is great, I loved it, go buy it. The reason why I kept harping on about sex toys and eventually ended up working for adult toy megastore is I ended up having so many women message me and they were like, the Pro 2 is the first orgasm I have. I've got three kids and I'm 37. And that was extremely common. That was... Mm cis women straight who had married young and had never been taught at school 
about pleasure or their bodies and was taught that it was gross, you know, and that's throughout all parts of society. I mean, when we are talking about birth and stuff like that, like, oh, it's like watching your favourite pub get burned down or your your vag is going to get ripped apart and all these awful narratives around birth. So particularly, I think, for mothers, you've got, one, this idea that your vagina has been destroyed... And um, if you had a C-section, well, you're a fucking monster because you should have had a vaginal birth. But that was a joke. Oh, my God, I really... <laughs> she, Emily was parodying what people say. I she wasn't saying it. I honestly, I just really, like... Oh, my God, that was really stressful. <laughs> oh, there was well, no... Look, you were, you were here to... on the night Emily Wrights was cancelled, so that was... <laughs> something no, to talk I totally, about. I totally... Because I had a C-section. And, yeah. Um, there is that view that, oh, you haven't really yeah, given birth. Yeah, too push to push, and yeah, you, yeah. you know, and it's awful. I have had so many mothers contact me about, you know, how awful they feel and that mm. type of thing. So, you know, you at first have this thing that, and then your body changes and you have to bounce back and your body has to bounce yep. back. And then six weeks till penetrative sex because that's the only type of sex you can have and it's like this weird goal and it's terrible mm. and horrible. And someone I know, her husband said, when she said, oh, we can't have sex for six weeks, he said to her, no, you can't have sex for six weeks. <gasps> yeah. The deems I get from mothers... Often people will be like, oh, you're such a man-hater. And I'm like, spend one day in my DMs and you will be too. Um, I don't hate men. Fuck, I'm going to get destroyed on Twitter after tonight. Um, But, you know, like, there is a lot of, like, low-level abuse going on in relationships around sex and after giving birth, like, having to do it straight away. And for so many women, it's really centred around penetration and what we know about there's a gendered orgasm gap. There is. Men are reaching orgasm every time, and there are so many studies about this, and I've written about it a lot. But women are not, and that's because they need clitoral stimulation at mm-hmm. the same time. But it's seen as, like, this joke of, like, oh, they, they can't find the clitoris, and it's like, fucking find it, you dickhead. <laughs> but in a polite way... Just to caveat, so people don't write in, we know, Emily was hyperbolizing there, we know that not all men get there every time. So we do know that. If you're listening at home and you're going, but I don't, you know, that's an issue for men, we and do know that. And also I mean not all men. I yeah. mean... Yeah, I'm just, I'm caveating. Um, what I've picked up on, though, is you're saying that um, it's given me an image of, like, a courier who puts the, you went home when we called um, note in the letterbox without even going to the door. Like, he's like, yeah. couldn't find it. I've just left it in the letterbox. You're like, I can do your job, mate. Yeah. I find, was at home the whole time. Find the devil's doorbell and ring it hard. <laughs> but not hard at first. Just ring it softly, then a bit... In bit circles. Firmer. And the same every time. Yeah, thought, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Find out how to ring it so it wants to be rung. Now, Emily writes, do you have anything you would like us to buy, read, look at? Where can our listeners hear more of you or see more of you or read more of you? Because I know they will want to. By all means, buy the Satisfy Pro. But if you want to buy my book, that would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) You are not getting any commission off the Satisfy Pro. You financially benefit from you buying. Yeah, you're really not benefiting from Um, that. So, so we. Oh, I just like to destroy marriages. That's the only reason why I. (laughs) 
Um, so what are your two books called? You've got two book? books out. Rants in the Dark. Rants um, in the Dark. Yeah, and, and Is It Bedtime Yet? Is It Bedtime Yet? And, um, and your Rants blog? Rants in the Dark is a play and will hopefully be touring somewhere Wonderful. this year. And we, we can find you on Facebook as well, can't we? Yeah, Emily I'm, I'm just... Emily Wright, CNZ on Facebook. Cal, have you got anything to plug? Uh, yes, my show is coming up in a 2020 in Australia. It's called Open Book, where I tell more embarrassing stories like the breast milk story and other things. I'm on Instagram, Calbo Wilson, and I'm on Twitter at Calbo, C-A-L-B-O. But Instagram's more fun these days. That's true. Our final act of this evening, you are in for an absolute treat. It's the wonderful Grace Petrie! I'm sorry, Grace, we've, we've used your vibrator to demonstrate. We've used your Satisfy Pro 2 to demonstrate things to the audience. But we can wipe it down. <laughs> It's brand new. Still out of the box. This is not what I expected this show to be at all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm... Um, I know, <laughs> I've, I've been doing the whole tour and I normally try and link my songs to what <laughs> has been discussed. <laughs> and honestly, Wellington, I'm out. Uh, I, don't know what I, I, don't know what I don't know what I can do for you. Um, Do you know you'd be surprised what Murray is into? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, I beg you. I don't. I do. I will. Uh, I'll sing you. I have got a song that is tangentially about sex. Um, oh, thank you. I know. I feel like I can't fucking shock you guys much after what's been on already, to be honest. But I appreciate that one person trying to make me feel dangerous. Um, <laughs> So I'm a folk singer. Um, have we got any folk fans in the house? Cool, yeah. So you will, you'll know, if you're familiar with folk music, you'll know that what that means is that I have two types of songs. I have angry and sad. Um, and, and I am available, by the way, for weddings, um, parties. Um, but uh, I write songs, yeah, I often write songs that I've, I've, been, I've been dumped quite a lot of times in my life and I get a lot of songs out of that, um, which is great for me. And uh, um, a few years ago I was on tour when, I, when my, my partner at the time broke up with me and, um, and I wrote a song about it immediately. And because I was on tour, I just played it like the night after I'd written it. And then it was sort of out there in the world. <laughs> And, uh, and it was only after the gig that I thought, oh, now it's out there in the world, I can never take it back. Um, and, uh, and there's a line in it about sex. And, uh, and then from that moment on, I, it was just counting down in my head to the time that my parents heard it. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, they're going to know that, that, that I've done it. Um, but... but uh, it's not, like, it's, not, it's not like a very dirty line about... It's not even a good line. Well, you'll see, anyway. I, 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 will, I will suffice. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's called The Heartbreak Handbook, and if there is anybody here in Wellington tonight who is heartbroken, I dedicate this to you, guys. Yes. I hate this state doesn't get any easier with age 
day this time Separating yours and mine And we begin the process of Deconstructing love And commit To the next few months being shit And the things you can't keep out of your head Like maybe I was never that good in bed But things fall apart, they come apart Just like they've done before Spread it thin enough So take care of yourself And get the heartbreak handbook down From off the shelf And the things you can't keep out of your head Like maybe I was never that good In bed but things fall apart They come apart just like they've done before Search until the day we die But the answers are as close to you and I As the stars in the sky Why things fall apart They come apart just like they've done before Fall apart, they come apart And leave you on the floor Things fall apart, they come apart But they'll get built back once more So call your friends and grab a glass and this too will fall apart and come apart just like it's done before Fall apart and come apart and leave you on the floor Things fall apart, they come apart but they'll get built back once more So call your friends and grab a glass and toast that ends Don't lose the past, call your friends and grab a glass and toast that ends And this too will pass Thank you very much. Cheers. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of you. Cool. Um, cool. So, yeah, um, out, of, out of interest, has anybody heard me on the podcast before? 
New Zealand, where you been all my life? <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a song uh, that I've sung a few times on the podcast, um, and, the, and it's the reason, of course, that I'm dressed uh, this way tonight, uh, Wellington, and that reason is, is of course, um, because um, uh, I've got a snooker match after the show. Um, uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, it's because I wrote a song called Black Tie. Um, thank you. And the reason that I wrote it, I wrote it about a couple of years ago, around about the time I was turning 30, and I was thinking about my... Uh, my teenage, my teenage years. I was quite an unhappy uh, teenager. I was quite a lonely teenager, and uh, and I realised that if I could sort of go back in time and talk to my teenage self, I realised that the only thing that I wish that I'd known when I was 15, that I really know now, uh, is that it is totally okay to look and to dress how I look and dress, right? Um, and uh, thank you. And actually, it's totally okay to look and dress. However the fuck you want to look and dress, whoever you are, right? That applies to literally everybody in the entire world. But it took me like 30 years to figure that out because, you know, we really don't... In our society, we really don't celebrate images of butch women at all. Um, and we certainly didn't when I was a kid. So I sort of grew up absorbing this idea that the way that I am that is so sort of inherent to me and innate to me was like inherently wrong and unattractive. And I carried it around me for years and years and years until something happened to me which, um, which changed my life really, which is that I, um, uh, I turned 30 and instantly stopped giving a fuck about anything. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, just like magic. Um, I mean, it, 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 if, there's, if there's anyone here that hasn't turned 30, I can't recommend it enough, to be honest. Um, so I, I wrote a song about it, and it's called Black Tie, and I would love it if you wanted to sing one of the, one of the lines with me. Um, there's, a, there's a bit in it, there's a rhyme, which is... Um, this rhyme is literally the greatest achievement of my life. Um, uh, and the rhyme goes, uh, The images that fucked you were a patriarchal structure. <laughs> oh, I know, thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I had a biscuit when I wrote that. Um, <laughs> So what I like to do is I like to sing and the images that fucked you and then you're gonna reply were a patriarchal structure a bit like this And the images that fucked you were a patriarchal structure That's fucking wicked um, Cool, so uh, it's called Black Tie and there it goes like That's fine, cause I decline Your narrow set of rules, they just don't work And these red lines, they're not mine If you need me, you can find me ironing my shirt Cause I'm in black tie tonight Get a postcard to mine Year 11 self, in her year 11 hell Saying everything's gonna be On the 
labels and on the doors You will figure out what's yours And it's a bloody nightmare Trying to fight the spread of bigotry and fear That's uniting Piers Morgan and Jermaine Greer And all our progress, yeah I wonder who it's for When I dare to utter that trans lives matter Yeah and all I got was a turf war Well that's fine, cos I decline Your narrow set of rules, they just don't work And these red lines gonna be to my year 11 self in her year 11 hell darling everything's gonna be alright no you won't grow out of it you will find the clothes that fit and the images that fucked you were based on the structure and you never will surrender to that narrow view of gender and there's folks you've yet to meet but you're exactly up there and they've been waiting just as long to hear someone sing this song Better days are on their way when it won't matter what they say On the labels and on the doors you will figure out what's yours And girl you're gonna be so happy Girl you're gonna be just fine I was gonna do one more, but I think I fucked it. Uh, oh, 
on, do one more. I can't make it, I can't do better than that. Okay, do one, do, do one more, go on. One more, okay. Cool. So because we're, we're on the North Island, we, we are on the North Island, aren't we? <laughs> I had a horrible moment there of thinking I've just lost them in one go. Um, yeah. We're on the North Island, um, because I am a, 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 I'm a musician, I sp- what that means is I spend almost all of my time on the road. So I wrote a travelling song and I thought I would leave uh, you with this one because it's called Northbound. Um, and um, what I would like to do is, it's like it's got a sing-along chorus that I'd love you to join in with, where I'm going to do a line and you're going to echo it back to me. Um, and the first one is By Night and Day, like this. By Night and Day. Yeah, it's quite quick. Uh, so, you know, do uh, keep up. Uh, let's have another go. By night, by night and day. That's the one. The next time is by road or rail, like this. By road or rail. By road or rail. Okay, now listen, this is important. Those two lines are not next to each other. Okay, we did them next to each other then, but in the, in the thing they won't be, all right? I don't mind. You, you sing wherever you want to sing. I'm not, I'm not in charge. You know, I just, it, it's, it's, it's a bit tricksy and there's always people that get caught out by it, do you know what I mean? And they get, they feel subconscious. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sing wherever you want to fucking sing. Who do I think I am? This is called Northbound, I guess it is.
amazing um, uh, we are just gonna do one more song I think at this time you are in fine voice this evening Wellington and I'm really hoping that you're gonna help me out with this one first I was afraid I was petrified kept thinking I could never live without you by my side and I spent all oh, so many nights thinking how you did me wrong then I grew strong then I learned how to get along Change that stupid law. I should have made you leave your key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bed. Just turn around now 
You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Carl Wilson, and our very special guest, Emily Wright. Live music was from Grace Petrie. Your Feminist theme tune was by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producers were Tom Zielinski for the Spotlight Shop, and Jeff Green for Australian Comedy Management. Thanks to everyone at the TSB Arena, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. sexually rounded and actually it, the, the good thing about this is it is it if you hold a clitoris if you have a clitoris um, of your own um, there's a clitoris of one's own great uh, book great book the lesser known Virginia Woolf novel um, <laughs> sorry novel lesser known Virginia Woolf book treatise um, if you if you have a clitoris um, uh, then it is Thank you so much to our amazing patrons who supported this podcast at the Smash the Patriarchy level or above. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A huge thank you to Simon James, John Quilcoy, Valerie Marr, and Sarah.